Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Holly. And we're a married couple living in small town Iowa. If this is your first time listening, the name of this podcast, Inside the Cup, comes from Matthew 23:26, where Jesus explains that if we want our behavior and actions to be good and right, we must first clean the inside of the cup or change what's inside of us. So how in the world can we change what's inside of us? Come join us as we approach this deep question in a down-to-earth conversation about how we can actually change for the good. Welcome back to Inside the Cup Podcast. This is Episode 11 of Season 1, How to Love Your Neighbor as Yourself. Last episode, we talked about the order to love. Yeah, and this comes from a teaching from Dallas Willard that there's really four steps to go about approaching love. The first step is to draw God's love into our being. Step two is then to love God back in return. And then out of those first two steps, the overflow of that, step three, we love our neighbor. And then the final and fourth step is to truly receive that love in return from others. So this week, we're going to talk about learning to limit our love. God is infinite, so there is no limit to his love. We are finite. And our love is limited. Well, and that's a stretch, right? Just that concept that we don't have an unlimited amount of love or supply of love or that it's somehow limited in its capacity is probably different than the way we're used to thinking about love. We always talk about loving someone unconditionally. That's not actually possible, shy of the divinity, to unconditionally love. Because I only have, or we only have, so much love to give. And as we receive from God, we must be continually drawing from Him. Well, and if that's true, if we have a limited supply of love, then we need to learn how to steward that appropriately. If we don't think of it like that, and it's true that we only have a limited supply, we could end up giving our love away to different causes and having nothing left to give, maybe to those closest to us. So this is almost like a a budget or a spending plan for the love that we have. (laughs) How are we going to use it? Where are we going to direct our love and resources? Because we only have so much of it. Just like our budget only has so much we can spend, we only have so much love to give. And we have to receive it from God, drawing in God's love from God. Yeah, and this drawing of God's love needs to be a continuous thing. I mean, you can almost think of it like eating and drinking, You know, we have breakfast, you consume some calories and some food and some water, and that's enough energy to keep you going for X amount of time. You're going to hit lunchtime and those calories that you consume for breakfast are depleting and all of a sudden you need more and then you eat lunch and then you re-up again. You can kind of think of drawing in God's love the same way, that we would continuously be drawing in more and more of God's love and resources and compassion really a life of drawing in this love from God. That we don't just eat once and get our fill and never eat again. We continually draw in God's love into our being. But I think oftentimes we operate under this misunderstanding that we can love everyone yeah, all you, the time. You see this. You, you know, you watch a like a, a celebrity or something stand up at a large venue and there's 100,000 people watching and you make the comment, I love you all. Do they really 
Well, now take what we've been talking about with this biblical notion of love. If you're choosing to do what's good for the person loved, I mean, you take a statement like that to stand up and announce to 50,000 people that you love everybody. Okay, well, if we get down to what that means, you don't even know them. How would you be able to choose what's good for them? Or, you know, say you were to try, how would you ever be able to do what's good for that number of people? It's too much. You don't have resources for something like that. You could sing really well or act really well or throw the football really well, but you really, those people don't actually even know you. So the statement is misguided. Uh, You might say something as a nice sentiment that you love all those people, but when you get down to what love really means, it'd be hard to imagine loving that many people. Another example could be like the Good Samaritan. I mean, that's a biblical picture or of someone that is loving their neighbor. Yeah, from Jesus' parable in in Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan, a lot of times people will point to this saying, well, shouldn't we love everybody? I mean, in Jesus' parable, uh, this Good Samaritan went and loved a complete stranger. But play this example out now. So say the Samaritan who stopped to help this injured person I mean, imagine he's, he's loading this man up on his donkey. He's taking him to the inn to get him shelter and that. Say on the way to the inn, he sees another injured person. Or there's three more injured people on the way. Now he's faced with a dilemma. Yeah, how do you... I mean, you only have one donkey. Well, at least in my visual of it, he only has one donkey. So how do you pick up three other people or multiple people? Or suppose this happened every day to the Good Samaritan. Yeah, this is his commute to work, this walk down this road. So you mean like he'd meet an injured person every day along this road? Honestly, you might choose to take a different path to, <laughs> on the road. <laughs> a different road. <laughs> At a certain point, the Good Samaritan would run out of resources. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to keep this up. If it was day after day after day, having to show this level of love and compassion over somebody... I mean, you'd really, if what what we're saying is right, that you need to draw in this love and compassion from God, this good Samaritan would have to be an absolute expert at drawing in God's love to keep this up day in and day out. Well, and that sounds a lot like Jesus. I mean, when you read all the biblical accounts of Jesus, I mean, that is what he was doing. In both ways. Right? I mean, one, he was an expert in drawing in God's love. We read, if we look at the life of Jesus and watch how he lived his life, he regularly retreated away to quiet places to spend long periods of time in prayer communing with his father. And there's cases that he was on the way to help somebody, like like Jairus's daughter, and a woman that's been bleeding for 12 years touches him, and he turns around and approaches her on the way to heal someone else. He's prepared. He's almost like the Samaritan picture that we painted of almost being continuously bombarded with the needs of the people around you and not being able to do it. But Jesus was able to do it because he had drawn from God on a regular basis the love and compassion he needed to give to everybody around him on a daily basis. So what does it mean to limit our love then? Because that sounds a little strange to talk about love in that way of limiting your love for someone. Well, from the examples that we've just now tried to imagine, we need to learn to steward wisely the love that we do have. 
and learn to live a life drawing in more love from God. And recognizing in different seasons or different days, we might have more to give than others. Yeah, I think that's a big step, just coming to see that there's a limit to the love that we have and to acknowledge that. What might that look like to limit our love? Yeah, let's take a few different examples of this, common examples. So one that we're all probably very familiar with is with young children. If you're talking about limiting your love, one of the things that you have to do for young children is to learn to say no to some of the requests that they have. I mean, not always, but there's things that you have to say no to. So if they want to stay up late at a certain point, you have to say no and get them to bed at a reasonable hour because that's what's good for them. If they want to eat uh, excessive amounts of candy or junk food, you have to say no and you have to set those limits on them because that's what's good for them. From the child's perspective... From the child's perspective, that might not seem very loving, that they didn't get to eat all the candy that they had stored up for breakfast. Yeah, you. this is clearly within your power or ability, you grown up, and you're holding this back from me, something good. <laughs> I really wanted to eat that whole bag of Skittles. <laughs> you have to set limits on the things you do and don't do for the young child because you love them. Even if this means withholding something that looks like a good thing. And that's easy to put it an example of a young child. Most, as an adult, most of us don't really want to eat a whole bag of candy for breakfast or <laughs> do, you know, stay up just because we're kind of tired, you know? like <laughs> At that point, we know it's good for us, so we don't yeah. have to have somebody limit that part for us. Yeah, we know we'll get a stomachache after eating a whole bag of candy. How about some grown-up examples, Mike? Well... Now apply this to something like other relationships, close relationships. Take good friends, extended family. There's times now when you actually have to say no or limit your love towards a best friend because you actually need that time and resource to go to your spouse or your children. And it might be a very difficult thing to tell an extended family member or a very good friend no to something, but in telling them no and limiting your love for them in that specific example, you're actually loving the people closest to you. So that you can reserve it for those you are trying to love the most. If you want to have the resources available to love those closest to you, you're going to have to set some kind of limits or boundaries so that you don't give it all away to other causes. Or maybe it's even work or even ministry or church involvement. There may actually be many good things that you must say no to. Not because they're not good things, but because they take too much time and resources away from your limited supply. So that's why this is so essential to have a good grasp on this concept, because you could be presented with something, you know, a real need, and it sounds exciting, and it's a very good thing. But to have the frame of reference to stand back and say, this is a very good thing, but it would take me away too much from my current responsibilities, or it would take too much away from me, and it would actually end up negatively affecting those closest to me. That helps you to say no to something that you might have otherwise agreed to without a second thought. Just think about it for a moment. The reason why we need to be clear on stewarding wisely the love and resources and compassion that we have is because if we don't do that, We may end up giving all of our resources and time and energy away to unattached causes passively while we overlook the people that are closest to us and need it most. But it's hard 
Because others sometimes try to make you feel guilty or shame for saying no to them or limiting your love towards them. Yeah, it might not go that smoothly when you have to limit your love for somebody. And, you know, you'll have to learn how to do that gently and firmly, regardless of somebody's emotional reaction to that. But you can set those limits on your love for others confidently, knowing that by saying no or limiting your love to one cause, you've actually just done the loving thing for your neighbors, those closest to you. But this isn't just justification for telling everybody no all the time. No? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like right now, being a stay-at-home mom of four, my my love is uh, pretty limited. I have a lot of kids that have a lot of needs right now but that might not but that won't always be that's a great example the spot where you're at right now at home with young kids they need a lot of resources and a lot of your care so if you're giving that away various different directions it's taking it away from those kids who need it at home this is where god gives us the freedom to learn to exercise our judgment We're learning to make responsible decisions under God, choosing what's good for those around us. That's great, Mike. I think we kind of hinted a little bit at who is our neighbor. Next week, we'll talk about who is my neighbor. Thanks for joining us at Inside the Cup Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive new episodes automatically. Check out our website at InsideTheCup.com and follow our social media pages on Twitter at InsideTheCupPod and on Facebook and Instagram at InsideTheCupPodcast.